Welcome to All Things Weddings, helping you navigate your wedding planning journey. And here are your hosts, Scott and Hannah. Hello, welcome to All Things Weddings. I'm Scott, the photographer behind Scott Carney Photography. And I'm Hannah, the wedding planner behind Hannah Rachel Weddings. We're here to help you navigate your wedding planning, to freely share tips, insights and behind the scenes so you hopefully feel less overwhelmed and stress-free while planning your gorgeous wedding. Want in on all our tips and to listen to us chat to some of our favourite suppliers? Well then let's dive straight in. Hey Hannah, so what's been happening? Um, quite a lot, really. Just had a gorgeous little baby girl um about three weeks ago now. So that's um keeping me really, really busy. Yeah, <laughs> so congratulations. How this is your first, right? So yeah, how's like I don't know, how's how are you adjusting? Is it going? Like, as you expected, is it? I think it's a little bit of a shock to the system. I don't know what I was doing for like the last nine months, but I don't feel like it was preparing for a little baby. Um, So yeah, she's she's like really, uh, she's amazing. She sleeps and she's, you know, super cute and lovely to have her. Um, It's just so weird with like fitting in with sort of work and yeah life and it's just a complete shock to the system but it's um amazing you'll know you've got you've got kids haven't you so it's um yeah it's a bit of a whirlwind yeah so like yeah mine like three and one now but george will be two next week so like yeah basically three and two um yeah it's just funny isn't it like i feel like weddings they fit really well with kids to a certain point but then obviously it's a lot of weekends and long days which when you've got a newborn is obviously tricky, especially like as a mother, I guess, for like feeds and like, you know, just being away for a whole day can sometimes be kind of tricky. Can't even know you're there for the rest of the week and stuff. So um, it's just a nice thing, isn't it? That's the thing, I guess. And you kind of grow around it. But yeah, exciting. I'm glad everything's like going well. And yeah, it's a nice, uh, nice news because she was like early, right? Earlier than you thought. Yeah, she was two weeks early, so that was a little bit of a shock. I had I had a wedding six days after, so um, yes, so it was kind of good timing for that. It meant that I could still um, make I've still made all of my weddings, so that's really good. I had backup, obviously, but it's nice to be there in person. I really, you know, I get to know my couples really well, so it's really important for me to be there. So uh, yes, so it was good timing, which was a relief. <laughs> Yeah, that's nice. Oh, good. How was your how was that wedding then? Yeah, it was amazing. It was a really hot day, which was lovely. Um it just it was perfect. It was a marquee over in Easingwold. It was just a gorgeous couple, lovely suppliers. It was just a joy to be part of. So yeah, really, really fun day. Um, which is is what you want. So I hear you've been busy as well. Yeah, this is like obviously july now isn't it so this is kind of yeah peak month i think this might be my busiest month of the year I've got like eight weddings this month somehow seven weddings something like that august obviously september are both really busy but i think i've got like yeah eight seven six something like that um so yeah it's been nice like last weekend so i shot the friday in just outside of sheffield's like peak district area but yeah basically just outside of sheffield and then i shot on a saturday in scotland um like on the borders east, east lothian um so that was really really nice yeah, two uh, two women and then like a village hall DIY kind of ceremony and then off to um, another venue for their like evening and stuff. But um, yeah, very relaxed, really, really nice day actually. They had a, like vintage Rootmaster bus as well. So I posted on about that on Instagram actually if you're going to have a look at the All Things Weddings podcast Instagram. But um, 
but yeah, so same as obviously we had at our wedding, which was nice. So, um, so yeah, it's just a really nice day and the weather was supposed to be quite bad and it was really good. It, well, it was the rain held off, like it only rained a little bit uh, when we were inside. So all kind of worked out quite well. So yeah, it was good. And then, yeah, Perfect. shot a couple more before that. And then obviously, yeah, I got this weekend off, which is nice. And then I've kind of got like five at the end of the month. So quite, um, yeah, quite a busy little spell, but, um, but yeah, it's quite nice. Got one, yeah, one in a couple of weeks at a new, new to me venue. I think it's quite new anyway. The Hidden Oak, it's called in Stockton. So I've never been before. I went to meet the couple the other week, and um, really nice place. Like right, just out of Stockton, so out the town centre, but like completely surrounded by trees and stuff and land, and so you wouldn't really know you were anywhere near a town. So um, yeah, quite looking forward to that. But yeah, just a busy month. So lots of meetings, lots of calls, lots of yeah plans written out and all that kind of stuff. So. Sounds amazing. Sounds nice and busy. Lots to keep you going. And it sounds like you're at some gorgeous venue. So I'm looking forward to seeing what photos you post on Instagram following them. Yeah, thank you very much. What are we talking about this week then? So outdoor weddings? One of my favourite things to talk about. I love an outdoor wedding. Yeah, same. (laughs) So should we like clarify a little bit? So I guess when we're talking about outdoor weddings, we're talking about literally outdoors kind of marquees, teepees, sperry tents, whatever you call them, like basically anything that's kind of yes. a, not a solid building, I guess. Also at like official venues kind of thing where they organize mm-hmm. it and also just on private land. I suppose we'll cover yeah. both of those. I think they are great for a lot of couples because they offer that flexibility if you want to get married at home or you've got a farm or a piece of land yourself. They offer you that ability to do kind of it your own way on your own terms. But like you said, there are some wonderful venues out there who do have TPs. Yeah, it's marquees up sort of semi-permanently, which you can hire. And you've got the venue and the the more sort of point of contact point of view as well, haven't you? Yeah, I suppose it depends. Like you say, it really depends. You've got some good options. So yeah, if you're just like, right, we just want to do everything our way. Like we want to literally be able to choose yeah, any supplier do our own drink. We want yeah, something that's personal in the sense of the venue, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like you say, I had one. It was in December, actually. La- no, was it last December? No, December before. Anyway, but yeah, in December, and they had, like, the bride's dad owned a shop, and they, I think it sold, like, animal feed and, like, outdoor goods and stuff like that. Kind of random, but yeah, like, quite a big. And then they had a field behind that. So they just right. used that and put teepees up there. So, but yeah, so if you've got, like, family land, I suppose, or, like, you can rent a field, I guess, but yeah, a farm or something that's quite personal to you, then it's quite nice mm-hmm. to be able to get married there, I suppose, or at least, you know, have the wedding celebrations there. So yeah, you could obviously, if you've got the space, you can have a marquee, a TP, whatever. Choice of supply is a big one for me because I think it depends what you want to do. It's kind of hard to like with drink and food and like some venues obviously are flexible and you can kind of mm-hmm. do what you want. Some obviously yeah. it's like, you can be obviously quite flexible with suppliers, but you're still going to use their caterer, for example, or if they've got their own bar, obviously mm-hmm. part of, I guess, them making the money is from the bar. So they don't just let you bring yeah. your own drinks. And so I suppose if it's important to you as a couple, you should check what the rules are around that. But obviously if you're doing it in your own land, you can just do whatever really, Definitely. which is, is quite a good option, I suppose. I think that is, again, that's one of my favorite things about having an outdoor wedding It is that being able to have that choice not being restricted in any way obviously there's normally a good reason why a venue might restrict you to a couple of caterers because they trust them they would know the venue really well the facilities but i think if you are looking maybe for something a bit different you want something maybe more relaxed than a sit-down meal or you just you want that complete flexibility to do whatever you want maybe to 
do cook and like bring your own alcohol, then, you know, you have that flexibility with an outdoor wedding to kind of tailor it to exactly what you want to do and then find a team. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of pros and cons of drink things, isn't it? Because I always think, oh, it's a great idea. You can just bring wherever you want and have as much booze yeah. as you want and it's all good. But then obviously there is still a slight downside, I suppose, if you haven't got anyone who's like running your bar or like, yeah. you know, it can get a bit Definitely. out of hand. Also just like you've got to like, you think oh, it's going to be cheaper because then no one has to pay for drinks or whatever. But then it can get quite expensive if you're buying like loads of, especially spirits. And then you, if you want loads of different beers, you've got wines, like it's quite actually quite a mission to go and buy all the alcohol and like store it and serve it and stuff, isn't it? And glasses and like, you know, Mm -hmm. no one's going to be washing up midway through the wedding. So you kind of got to do that. So I've seen a few things. I had a wedding where, again, it was on family land, a marquee, and they had glasses or they were like, is it tankards, would you call them? I don't know. But like, you know, like, yeah, anyway, like a big cup thing, but like a fancy cup. But then all they did was they put tags, little brown tags on them on the handles yes. and wrote, I think they had an, they different animals or something, but obviously just, you could write names, I guess, but you just wrote anything on there. And then when people went in the first time they got a drink, they picked up one, you know, poured their own drink, whatever. And they just kept that, say you were a dog or something. You just kept dog cup the whole day, you know, and that kind of thing. Yeah. So it kind of yeah. works for me into a point, obviously if you lose it, but, but yeah, so there's little things like that, isn't there, which you kind of might not think about, but, um, Definitely. But yeah, I the think, drink's tricky. Yeah. The drink in particular, this is something that I discussed a lot with, my outdoor wedding couples specifically because if you are providing your own booms you've got to think about things like like i said who's going to serve it who's going to pour your toast drink when it comes to speeches who's going to collect and clear glasses wash them because it's very rare that you're going to have enough glasses to see you through the whole day and evening and it is getting the right quantities of glasses the right quantities and the variation of alcohol and soft drinks and chilling things like where you're going to store it where you're going to chill it and it's all things like that that you can think about you know you can be lucky a lot of caterers do offer sort of bar service a lot of the team to help with bar service or you can get in a bar team who will just help with service so there are loads of different things that you can do and that's something that I talk in detail with all of my couples but it is I think even though you've got this beautiful flexibility there are sometimes more logistics to think about there are a, a lot more things which i'm sure we'll go on to talk about mm-hmm. a lot more things that you need to maybe because it is such a blank canvas you have to hire in everything don't you yeah that's it i mean uh, stressful enough when you have people around at christmas and trying to find extra tea yeah. so if you suddenly got like 100 people in your back garden um yeah all that everything is like you say is something to think about isn't it should we talk briefly about the dip so marquee tp and completely outdoors yeah. So it's quite, I mean, everyone knows kind of what a marquee is and TP is, I guess, but there are different styles, isn't there? Of, it's like mm-hmm. marquees. I know I've done like a traditional marquee, I guess, which is like the big white tent. But then you've got the kind of stretched, this Sperry tents, is that, is that what you call them? Right, then stretched tents. Yeah, so kind of like uh, more, just got like a roof almost, haven't they? And then the poles and there's kind of less sides to them cover, that, le- yeah. yeah less shelter i suppose and they they offer different layouts as well they're different constructions so they offer different layouts different numbers you can fit different amounts in in different ones so i think it's always good if you are thinking about the different options to go and look at open days and things like that and go have a little chat to, to the different sort of providers to see what the options are yeah i think the obviously the space is going to be a factor this is something where you probably can't it'd be quite hard to DIY completely, obviously, because apart from the cost of like a marquee or a TP, generally, like say the expertise of getting a company who can come and 
look at the land, measure it, and mm-hmm. give you an idea of how much space you're going to need. So generally TPs, obviously, they come individually, or you can fit two, three, four, however many together to make yeah. those bigger spaces. And obviously, if you're going to have some sort of ceremony in there or sit-down meal, then dance floor, you know, the kind of logistics of having to move all, swap everything around. So if you set up for a ceremony, then you've got to swap everything around for the meal or move all the tables for the dance floor, that kind of thing. So obviously... You could either hire something big enough to have all that in one or obviously, like I say, again, you have to think about who's going to move all that and swap it around and those kind of things. But yeah, I can't imagine many people are going to buy their own TP, are they? But generally, you can find a company that will help with all that. Back to your point of the layouts, marquee TP companies are really good at going through sort of floor plans with you and working out how to divide up the space so you can get the most out of it. And I think avoiding trying to turn around things is a is a plus because especially if you haven't got, if you haven't hired an event coordinator or a planner or somebody to be there on the day is who is going to turn that, that space around and who's going to help with those logistics again. So it's, yeah, it's great to sort of be able to go to somebody who specializes it in the, the area and who can help with that. Yeah. And most of them, I like say they'll offer decoration, they offer tables and chairs and stuff as well, don't they? A lot of them, or you can just have it, like say as a blank canvas, kind of just hire the marquee TP or whatever, and they'll just come set it up and that's it kind of thing. I did one where it was a marquee and basically the land was fine. It was quite a big space, but the way it was, it could only really go one way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was an apple tree literally in the middle. Obviously they're not going to cut up like this old apple tree, and dig it up just no. for the wedding. So they literally put the marquee around it left a sort of floor flap out or cut out the, the flooring. I don't know. Anyway, however they did it, essentially it was just a bit of a gap and the tree was just in the marquee, which is kind of cool. And then obviously instead of just being like, oh, just leave a tree there and that's that, they were like, right, let's just, we'll utilize it a little bit. So they actually made like little shots of cider from some of the apples and then hung them, like the little glass oh, bottles, hung them on the tree. So it kind of became a bit of a thing. So in, you know, any point in the day, you could just go and like have a little shot of the cider off the tree. Yeah, it was kind of cool. But yeah, so just little things like that are like, you know, it's doable. Just Definitely. kind of speaking to suppliers and see what, what they can fit. But Completely. And again, it goes back to expertise, you know, to have a marquee or TP or something like that, you need relatively flat lands. You need it to be well draining. You don't want to be waterlogged, you know, and you do need that space to be able to cater first of the numbers and the structure. You've got to think about the guy ropes and things like that. It's not just the basic sort of layout is all the structures that go to holding it together as well. So yeah, they can definitely help with, with all of that. Things that you wouldn't even think about as well. And then it's things about what, you know, having the space. So where's your, where's your parking going to be? Where are your toilets going to go? You need a generator, all those lighting and all those extra bits, you know, are things that normally they can help or they can advise, point you in the right direction of, of where to go to source them as well. Yeah. And I guess like catering, if you're not going to have, obviously, if you don't have like an on-site kitchen, obviously space to just in the field, they're going to need to put up like their own little tent to have, you know, to obviously put the like cookers and fridges and other bits in or whatever. So they'll need a space for that. Ideally, that's quite obviously very close to the main structure and things. So preferably attached for a catering tent. You don't want to be getting any, if it is a bit wet, any soggy food, you want that to be going straight into the, to the structure. So yeah, all these things that they can think about. And your caterers as well will be able to advise on what size catering tent they need and what they need in the catering tent. Normally, it's a basic of sort of lights and trestle tables so they can cater from the space and they'll be able to sort of help you advise. Most caterers, especially in Yorkshire, 
can offer outside catering and they do it quite regularly. So they're, they're quite experienced in, in what they need. And then it's just van access. Can they get their vans and their cars and things close enough to unload? That's another thing to think about, you know, if you're not happy for somebody to drive onto the site, how, how far away is it? You know, is it logistically possible for us to get the ovens and things in? Yeah, they're heavy, those ovens, like, aren't they? Yes. So <laughs> Um, there really are. I used to work for an outside catering, so I know. Oh, I know nice. just yeah. I've, I, <laughs> I've never picked one up, but it looks big and it looks very heavy. Yeah, the parking's a good point because I, again, I had a marquee wedding and it, it wasn't that wet, but it rained a bit. Obviously, they put the marquee up on, say, the Wednesday or something, and that was all in place, dressed it on the Thursday, ready for the Saturday. It'd been like a bit wet on and off, and then it was all right, but everyone parked on the field, which again was fine. There was plenty of space. But then a few cars did get stuck because it just uh, it rained a bit again and like just little periods, but just enough to make it kind of quite boggy once you'd had like, you know, 50 cars or whatever plus driving on. So, yeah, even just something like thinking about if you're going to park on there, if someone gets stuck, what's the plan? Like, you know, does someone have a tractor they can pull them out or whatever? Definitely. And it's things like how are you actually going to enter the marquee or the TV or have you got any matting, you know, down that if it is a bit wet that you're saving, you know people's shoes and dresses and, and things like that. Do, do guests know to maybe not wear the high heels or the stilettos? You know that they will be in a field. It's, it's those little things that can make sort of a big difference to the whole experience. Yeah, it's not always obvious, is it, if you just put on your invite? Yeah, it's, just, it's a marquee. People have lots of different envisions in their mind of what a marquee wedding is. And there's obviously very different styles, isn't there, from... And say rough and ready is probably not the right phrase, but like, yeah, where it's a bit more just, it's, yeah, it is in a field. It's like you sat on some hay bales. It's quite, you know, it's very rustic and chilled. And then you can have some extremely fancy marquees where it's, you know, it looks incredible. And it's all kind of, everything's done. But yeah, so you're going to kind of have to make sure people are fully aware. Yeah, it's like, best just bring wellies, just say that rather than all like, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, still it was a fine or, so yeah, it's probably a good point of like some... They set that expectation early so that everybody knows what to expect because like you said, every, every wedding is different. And I think just going back to that wet weather, kind of the challenges of wet weather, if you are thinking of having any outdoor elements, so you're thinking of maybe having your ceremony blessing outside or you're thinking of having a drinks reception outside, what's your backup plan for if it is wet? You know, is there a space in the main marquee or the teepee or yurt which you can utilise for the ceremony? What chairs will you be using? Is it easy to move everything and repurpose? What's going to happen in the drinks reception? You know, can you use the marquee? Is there space? Is there a reception area? Things like that. So you always have an idea. I always like to think if I've got a backup plan, then it's going to be beautifully to me. I won't need to use it, but it's nice to put the effort in just so you've got that peace of mind. Yeah. And like we've both been to venues only where, yeah, you have an outdoor ceremony space, but like you say, there's an indoor space and they, they're ready and obviously they've got quite a big team. So if it looks kind of right, we'll, give it, I don't know, an hour before and then make the decision. If it looks a bit, if it's either raining or it's about to rain, then they can quickly get everything inside. But yeah, if you haven't got that there, you kind of need to at least think about, yeah, who's going to help just grab chairs and get them in. Is the space going to be ready to just do that? And, you know, you don't want to set up all your tables ready for food and then have to move them all to, you know, have your ceremony in there if you're having it outside and it starts raining. So yeah, some good I think points. it's good to have it's good to have that cutoff point as well, whether it's the day before, so that you know peace of mind, like what what the plan is, and as well, depending on the type of ceremony you have, your celebrant or humanist might be more flexible with the weather. They might be ha- happy to 
to sort of um, change plans. But you're, if you're having a legal civil ceremony, they can be very particular on the type of conditions that you need for an outdoor wedding. So it is always worth sort of considering that. It's also worth thinking about that if you're having a ceremony on private land, that it's not going to be legally binding. You will need to get legally married maybe a couple of days before because you you will have a sort of like a celebrant if it's on private land, unfortunately, not yet. They're not legally sort of binding ceremonies. So that's just something to think about as well, which I know can kind of sway people as to, to what they do. Yeah, because the outdoor, like say, you can have an outdoor space. Usually it's obviously at a licensed venue where the outdoor is also licensed. So yeah, you can have the registrars come out. Again, they're going to depend on, like say, weather and things like that. But they're kind of, it's licensed because the main venue is. But yeah, if you're just on your, you know, your back garden with a tent, you're not going to legally be able to get married there currently. Like you say, um, Scotland's different. Obviously other countries are probably different, but yeah, certainly England. Yeah, like you say, you can't legally do it. But there is some pros and cons. Like it's nice in a way that you can have, I've had a few where I like say they've say the day before, or a couple of days before they've gone to the registry office just a couple of close friends or family had the legal ceremony. And then like say on the day they've had a friend do it, they've had, or like say they've hired a proper celebrant or humanist and who, you know, obviously the services are always so much more personal because obviously they don't have to follow the legal structure in the same way. So you can have much more of your backstory and your life and things are important to you in there, which I always think is really, really nice. But like I say, it might be important to you to get married, legally married on the same day and everything. And and do it that way and you want to be at that, that particular spot. So you've got to bear that in mind and um, always make sure you speak to registrars pretty early if you're doing that because uh, otherwise you get an 11 o'clock ceremony or an 8 p.m. ceremony or something, whatever. I know there's certain times, obviously, you can start finish, but yeah, they're quite book up quite early, don't they, for midday. And yeah, so as soon as you know your wedding day, it's a good idea if you are thinking of having a legal civil ceremony or a church ceremony to get in contact with the relevant people to try and book in your date and your time. Because like Scott said, you could end up with some really random time that you don't want. Yeah, so yeah, all like good planning tips, isn't it? I Like I'm a big fan of celebrant weddings, BL itself, so it's not legally buying, which is a shame in that England doesn't really caught up with Scotland in that regard. But yeah, it's it's just important to think about. I've done a few where I photographed the registrar, like registry office part the day before, or a couple of days before, and then obviously done the main day itself. Yeah, I'm quite a big fan of it, but it just depends what, what you want to do, doesn't it? And nobody needs to know, you know, everybody says, oh, well, what happens if my, my nana doesn't, you know, nobody needs to know that the ceremony that you're having on your land is not a legally binding ceremony. They don't need to know that you've run to the, the registry office a couple of days before with close friends, family and had, you know, your ceremony. As far as everybody's concerned, that ceremony is just as special. Um, it's, you know, your your actual ceremony. Yeah, exactly. And the, the structure can lead, can sort of, you know, be very similar to a normal sort of, say normal, you know, a normal wedding setup anyway, can't it? And the celebrant, humanist, whatever, whoever you use will generally have a few meetings with you, they'll chat to you and that you can kind of say, you know, if they'll still do like, you can now kiss your partner, you can still, you can now, you're now married and all this stuff is still can be, you know, obviously all part of it. So, yeah. And then what else do you think that people need to think about, Scott, if they're planning, you know, an outdoor wedding? So we've touched on, we've touched on a few points, haven't we? So we've mentioned wet weather, which I think is obviously a massive one. You touched on toilets briefly. So yes, yeah, this is just another thing, isn't there? There are obviously a lot of port loo type companies and, and ones that not so specialise in weddings, but specialise in events where you don't just want obviously like a, you know, don't think of like a port loo on a building site. It's like, you know, much nicer than that. And it obviously it's, um, they'll, they'll bring it on and deal with all that. But if you've got like, if it's your own house, you might just think, oh, I'll just 
you know, was hoping that people would use the toilet. But if you think about the amount of people, there's going to be the fact that they're yeah outside, they're in shoes, there's going to be the mess, just the whole, it just, I don't know, it just doesn't always work that well, does it? In practice, then, so. using, using a house toilet is honestly, it's not a good idea. Portaloos or toilet trailers, if you're looking for something a bit more elegant, toilet trailers are great. They can be wheeled on, they've got water the toilets flush nicely you know and they can do different sort of trailers for different sides you know to cater for different numbers so they're always a plus two but so we've touched on parking haven't we things like power it's also when anybody ever says to me oh we'll just run the power from my house i almost always like have a little panic inside because You've got to think on the actual day there's so much power that's going to be needed to be called and you've got your catering your bar might need power, your band, DJ, you know, lighting. There's loads of different elements that need power. So a generator is normally a good shout as well. And that's one thing that your marquee or structure, you know, provider can can help source for you. Yeah, you don't, you can't just run like one extension cable from your, you know, you, no. out your window of your house and try and power everything. So it's just going to blow it, isn't it? And then you're not seeing a bit of trouble. Nothing so, yeah. worse. If you're caterers halfway through creating your beautiful meal and all of a sudden the power goes, you you will be devastated on the day. Yeah. Yeah. Lighting's a bit, it's obviously most of the time in the day, the light's going to be pretty nice, especially like marquees. They're obviously very, you know, they're just all white. I love photographing them because they're just easy in that sense. But yeah, as soon as the light falls, obviously it's, it's pretty dark. So yeah, you definitely need to think about how we're going to do that in terms of lighting and a lot, a lot the lighting can have a big effect on the aesthetics as well, kind of whatever feel you're going for, whether it's a kind of more romantic and moody kind of lighting or whether you want it just really bright. Yeah. And people need to be able to see, don't they, like the, the bar staff or whatever. And yeah. Out, so. And it's even getting to the toilets and getting back to the car park, you know, you want it to be safe for people to sort of be able to navigate around, around the structure as well. So it's, it's things to think about that, whether it's solar lighting, festoons are really popular, fairy lights, there's loads of different things that you can do. Yeah, I've seen a lot of those sticks that you can kind of light as well. And it's obviously for outside, just yeah. to even just line that, obviously, uh, or fire, yeah. fire pits outside for people to kind of huddle around. That's kind of quite nice as well. But, but yeah, definitely. Should we talk a bit about accommodation then? It's quite a big one for venues, isn't mm-hmm. it, and stuff. And I know, you know, a lot of people I speak to that, you know, they want people to be able to stay quite easily. So obviously if you if your land is in a, I don't know, a town or a city or even a, vi- a big enough village, then I suppose there's probably a lot of accommodation nearby, which is okay, especially you know, if you can just walk to like, anything from a premier inn to a fancy hotel, you, you're probably going to be okay. But yeah, oftentimes, just because of the fact that you don't get many fields in the middle of towns and cities, you're kind of generally out in the sticks a bit more, aren't you? And then there's less, you know, if there's only two B&Bs that can fit like 10 people in each or something, and you're going to have 150 guests and you want to accommodate them all, it's going to be a bit tricky, isn't it? So whether you're going to put on a coach at a certain time, maybe to go to a certain, you know, a hotel or somewhere, or mm-hmm. you're going to do that, you could look at, I guess, then like a tp village type thing for accommodation can't you yeah and you can get some really beautiful and have like a little tiny tp village which is really cute or you could you know guess if they've got pamper vans or tents you know and you've got some land they could potentially camp on that as well just make sure that they set pitching their tents like the day before because you know at the end of the night it's not no not an ideal time to have you ever been to deepdale farm in york been there. I haven't. Yeah. No. All right. Well, they. So anyway, it's like a barn bed, wedding venue type yes. place. It's really nice, but it's quite DIY. So I think they have a bar, I think, but you can bring your own food, I believe. And anyway, you'd have to check. But yeah, essentially, it's quite DIY decoration wise and stuff. But yeah, they have a field you can use. 
but yeah, I've got a couple of photos of some drunk guests trying to put a tent up because they just, I think they were running a bit late. They were like, oh, don't worry, we'll do it later. We'll just grab a drink and get on with the day. And they were just definitely beyond what you could probably, you should be putting a tent up in that level That's of drunkenness. And it's really good. It's a funny photo, but yeah, like they're, you know, I can't imagine they got a good night's sleep in there because it probably wasn't standing in the morning. But yeah, it's worth checking with venues if you're, obviously if it's a proper venue, isn't it? If they allow like say camper vans and people to bring their own tents and stuff, like a lot do, okay. some obviously don't. And then it's just thinking about toilet situation. <laughs> um, is there a toilet facilities nearby? Is it near enough? to your structure that they can use the toilets that were there before or do you need a portal or something in? And that's the other thing about having, you know, if somebody's bringing sort of bell tents or something and they're setting them up for you, you know they're all on site. You don't have to worry. Guests just rock up to their bell tent and then they can kind of, you know, relax and throw their bags in. You you know, the, the hard work's been done for them. So there's loads of different things that you can you can do. Yeah, it's nice to a couple if you want to stay on site as well because obviously I know a lot of venues <laughs> venues that don't have accommodation often will have sometimes will have accommodation just for the couple at least sort of thing because then you don't have to worry about traveling anywhere after on your on the wedding night but you might not want to camp so you know some of those like say the bell tent stuff they can set them up now with like obviously proper beds in and like they actually look you know amazing so that's a good, quite a good option for the couple i know quite a lot of the companies will do kind of you get a certain amount of tents as well you get like you know the couple's tent in with that and so on so there's a lot of options with that isn't there I'm a fan of that stress-free approach. Just like you say, you've just got a company, you know, they're going to set up all the tents. You've, you know, said, right, these are people sleeping in each tent and it's just all sort of organized. And yeah, it's quite a nice way of doing it. And it looks good. Nice if you want to carry on a little bit of the party, you know, maybe having a drink at the end of the night with the, with your friends. And it's, it's quite a nice little addition. Yeah. And right. you can all get up and have breakfast the next day, can't you? So Yeah, I was going to say, it's nice, that, isn't it? Like, I know, I think I spoke about it in the last episode, but we're getting married in May and one of the big things for us was just yeah having everyone there for the weekend that was more of a key than a lot of the sort of decoration bits and stuff like we want to be able to spend that extra time with everyone so yeah it's quite nice that you can have that morning after where it's just like a festival isn't it almost you know you're getting out your tent you can chat about the day before you're still seeing people and you don't feel as much pressure on the day to to hang out with everyone because you've seen them the day before maybe or the the, the next day and stuff like that so yeah so I think that's like it is really nice to be able to do that. I think really for me, the only other thing that we haven't kind of touched on is it's going back to that because you've got so much flexibility, everything's a blank canvas and you're hiring everything in. It is who other than yourselves is going to be there to manage everything on the day. So who's going to be the point of contact? So who's going to help set up all your tables, you know, make sure that everybody's got everything, any last minute questions answered, on the day, are you going to be the point of contact? So if there's anything that maybe needs double checking or goes slightly awry or there's a little problem, are you going to be the ones who your suppliers come to on the day to check everything through? Or are you going to hire somebody in like an event coordinator who can kind of help with the overseeing of the, the smooth running of the day? Yeah, I mean, if you're at, like say, when when it, if you're at a proper kind of, you know, official venue that does weddings uh, and like say has a teepee or marquee out the back or an outdoor space, you may have a coordinator in with that and at least you've got that point of contact. But a lot of the DIY, like say, you just not, you're the point of contact or whoever, like say, if you pick a family member or something, they're the point of contact. And like say anything from like the caterers coming to be like, right, where's, you know, who's the, where's the vegan seat or where's the, you know, I know you've, you said you wanted three vegan meals, where are they sat or do you need high chairs in certain places? all the setup of the tables, like you say, like 
anyone who's arriving that morning, like all the suppliers, even things like toilets and generators and things like that, whenever they're arriving, like, where do you want them? And there's so much to do. And I, I'm a big fan of saying to couples, like, don't, you don't need to spend on certain things. You don't need to go crazy on certain things. I don't recommend spending loads of money on things, but I do think on the day coordination, which I know is a slight plug for you, Anna, but mostly, (laughs) but it's true. I think for something like a DIY wedding, there's so much going on. Like even just everything we've talked about there, and I'm sure there's loads of other stuff that we haven't even spoke about. There's so much to consider that I just think it's going to be worth his weight in gold. Ideally from even from the big, like early planning stages and just, it's just one less stress, isn't it? You can just get it off from the start, but even just on the day is, you know, just a massive help to one less stress. Cause you know, if you think you're going to be there hanging out with whoever you're getting ready with, getting hair done or dress, makeup, whatever, you don't want someone just every 10 minutes, someone coming to you cause they need to ask you something or there's something else going on or, you know, all these little things. It's just, it's just going to add to the stress of the morning, isn't it? Completely. And there's always things like I'm a massive believer to try and set up all of your tables and everything the day before if you can because that takes out so much of the stress you know that you've got everything ready to go but there's always things on the morning of the wedding that need doing and if you are you know getting ready the last thing you want to be doing the morning goes so quickly the last thing you want to be doing is being pulled to the structure to try and sort things out or to tweak name cards or somebody's dropped out so you've got to remove and reshuffle the place settings you know there are loads of different things and it's just having somebody there who, who's inside your brain who gets everything that you want and you need who can just make it happen yeah exactly and even just little things like the cake arrives obviously usually on the morning so it's like okay where where do you want the cake and you come to cut the cake oh there's no knife are we going to do you know and all these little things where you just wouldn't even think about sometimes it's just you know so much going on just having that person there to lean on, I think is definitely invaluable when it comes to the DIY side of things, especially like it's, it's, yeah. It's that support the months before, isn't it? You know, it's that support of asking somebody, can you just double check that I've got everything? Are the toilets right? You know, have I got a big enough generator? Like, what do we need to do about this? Is my timeline right? You know, it's all those things that, that do make such a big difference when you get to the day. Yeah. And even though I'm to think about it is nice, isn't it? Like say you, cause you'll be going, and probably most planners, but I know you definitely do. You know, you're going to couples to be like, right, if we, you know, we need to obviously have toilets, we need to have this, we need to have that. Like start thinking about these things and you're able to offer advice and be like, yeah, it's people I can recommend. Or if you're like, oh, we really love this. We love the sound of, I don't know, yeah, like say a TP village for everyone to stay in. Yeah, great. Here's, you know, I can recommend people and this is what we need to think about for them. And, you know, you can do, you'll do site visits and, you know, you can check that everything's okay. And, so yeah, I'm like probably my favorite weddings, to be honest, like say the personal factor, the just such a summer festival-y kind of vibe, which, you know, is my background anyway from the festival days. So I just love the, probably are my favorite weddings, but yeah, the the amount of extra little things to think about, I think is sometimes overwhelming for people. So it's good to have a little support there, isn't it? And, and know what's happening. Amazing. Is there anything else then license wise, anything like legalities wise that we probably need to think about? Can you just have... 200 people rock up to your house and just have a big party all night. Do you have to tell the the council? <laughs> yeah, the council just tend to always agree with that. Normally, if you're having a structure on private land, you will need to think about something called like a 10 license temporary event notice. So that just means you can do certain things up to certain times. And then if you're going over a certain time scale, you're, you know, you're selling alcohol or you're providing sort of music and um, amplified music past, past a certain time, you'll need to sort of fill in this notice 
to have that accepted by the council and the local police and, and things like that. So it's something to look into. And again, your wedding planner should know all about, like your event coordinator should know all about that. So they can help advise on if you need one of them. Um, you can go on the Gov website and have a little look for yourself and just check that you've got everything covered. But it's, it's definitely worth looking into legalities and, you know, public liability insurance for yourself, you know, and your guests, as well as making sure that your suppliers have that and pack testing is really important as well. Yeah, so yes, if you're technically hosting it and, you know, like say mm-hmm. something happens, you know, something falls on someone or whatever, you know, you want to make sure who's liable and you're covered if you are and stuff. Like it's kind of a boring part of wedding planning but for things like this i guess yeah it's really important yeah you don't want the council coming around to be like you're making a noise complaint at 2 a.m because your band's still going or something so if something like that's important to you you need to make sure yeah you know what's what's happening there even if all your neighbors are at your wedding i feel like yes yeah, i was gonna say it's always good to let your neighbors know or invite your neighbors just you know so they know it's a one-off and they don't need to panic yeah perfect Great stuff, Hannah. I think we've uh, we've covered a lot there, haven't we? I'm, I know there's, there's so much to talk about about the wins, but I hope that's like got kind of got people thinking at least about it. And it's amazing. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like we just here's all the problems that can happen and here's all the things Not and like it's because it's they're so like say I think you know obviously I love all my weddings, but yeah, I think they're probably some of my favourite just because of the environments that I love so much. And I just think they've got that personal factor a lot of times, and yeah, they're just I don't know they're just a lot of fun out there. The atmosphere is incredible and. So yeah, I just, I always think they're amazing, but yeah, it's just so much to think about with it that I don't want yeah. to just think, oh, it's fine. We can just kind of exactly. you know, do it with a month to spare and get it sorted. It's kind of, there is a lot of planning, but and it's I definitely worth it. We would be doing an injustice, wouldn't we, if we didn't kind of chat about the areas and the logistics that people need to think about if they're going to get, you know, have an outdoor wedding. So that's all we're trying to do. We, you know, I love them just as much as you do, Scott. I think they're, they're fantastic. And so, yeah, it's just knowing what to think about, which you wouldn't know if you've never planned a wedding before, would you? Yeah, exactly, which is what we're here for, which is great. So, but yeah, I think we should, we'll end on a positive though. Like you say, just the atmosphere, the, I don't know, it's like you say, your own mini festival almost, isn't it? If you've got, you know, your music and you've got, like you say, a big marquee TP up, whatever, you've got all your friends there. If you're staying the night before, having some food, you've got the wedding day, obviously the day after, like say you're hanging out at breakfast, you can chat a bit about the day before. And I don't know, it's just, the whole thing's just really, really nice. And I always just find the atmosphere so good. And obviously, weather's sort of sometimes a bit of an issue in the UK, but on the whole, like in the summer, you know, you get you get a bit of sun in the day and it's just, yeah, the feeling's just amazing, isn't it? And that's what I love so much about them. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Hannah. What have you got up to the rest of the day? Anything happening? Okay, just emails, function sheet updates, just like usual, maybe a nice fresh walk, I think, in this cloudy weather. But yeah, what about you? Yeah, same. Just, yeah, lots of podcast editing, lots of, yeah, just catch up on emails. And I always just star emails. And if they come in and I don't reply immediately, I star them if I need to reply. And then so, yeah, I don't like that to build up too much. So, um, yeah, it's going to go through all that. And then, yeah, that's it really, I think. Thanks that's so much. Like a good afternoon. Yeah. Thanks so much, Hannah, for your time. And we'll, uh, we'll speak again you. soon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Cool. All right. Bye. You have been listening to All Things Weddings. Subscribe for future episodes or head to allthingsweddingspodcast.com for all the show notes.